guys welcome back to another episode of the morning skate this is a huge one for us uh we had actually his teammate on the past shane harper when he was playing in the nhl but this is our second current nhler on the pod uh he's american so i love that for us he won a, a world junior championship in 2013 uh he was drafted by the florida panthers and then he got traded to the carolina hurricanes this year where they ousted my rangers in three games but also gave us the first overall pick in the draft thank you for that uh vinnie trochak how's it going brother good man how you doing Good. I mean, we're, we're fired right up to have you on and uh, let's just, honestly, let's just hop right into it. And I do a lot of my research on Wikipedia. So if some of this is wrong, I'm not blaming, it on, myself, <laughs> I'm blaming it on somebody else, but uh, back in 09, you played for Detroit little Caesars, arguably probably the best jerseys in any sort of youth hockey organization. I would think. Uh, I can agree. So, and, and you're from, where are you from? You're from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh, yeah. So how did, how did you pull that off? Uh, so grew up in Pitt till I was about, 12 I think and then um Pittsburgh was kind of small hockey town whenever I was younger it wasn't nearly as big as it is now and uh kind of started taking hockey a little bit seriously and um was lucky enough to have a family in Detroit um the Murray family that they were uh Lisa Illich so Mike Illich's daughter uh her family took me in and uh let me live with them for for a couple of years and, and play their son played on, on the seizures. He was the same age as me. So it kind of worked out like that. And then, um, yeah, I played there for four, four or five years. So how, how old are you, were you when you first played there? Uh, 12. So was that like, that's probably quite the adjustment of a 12 year old, like leaving your family and going to playing hockey. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't really, my dad was, I mean, my whole family was really up and back from Pittsburgh to Michigan Okay. quite a bit so um yeah my dad was there a lot and uh and then ev eventually my family ended up moving up there um when I was 15 so the year before I got drafted to the OHL my my whole family moved up to Michigan and uh lived in Birmingham Michigan for for a couple years and then I left and then they ended up coming back to Pittsburgh Okay. All right. All right. All right. That makes sense. And, and I'm glad you brought up your dad because another dad on the team, you played with Jake Chelios, who's Chris Chelios' son. Uh, yep. What was Chris Chelios like as a dad? And like <laughs> on this podcast, we always, we kind of like, we talk about where like parents sit and like, that's how you know, like what type of player it is. Like if the dad's standing by himself, normally that kid's like an absolute weapon. So like what, what type of hockey dad was Chris Chelios? Was he around a lot or? Yeah, he would come to a majority of the tournaments and games. Uh, he, he would sit by himself and of up in the corner. <laughs> um, but I'm sure he didn't really want to be bugged by a bunch of screaming little kids at that age. So makes sense. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, Jake was a great kid. So I uh, had a lot of fun playing with him. And then you said you got drafted in the OHL. And like, I never even had any sort of opportunity to get drafted in any leagues. I'm kind of like a self-proclaimed like fourth liner, even on like a club hockey team, just always glassing out the whole skill thing was never really part of my repertoire, but I always envisioned in my fake NHL career that I would have like, I don't know, I went to like Northwood or like some prep school and then went the college route. So you didn't go the college route. You went to the OHL. 
what was the reasoning behind that? Like, did you think at any point that you were going to play college hockey or was it always you were going to go play junior? Yeah, I actually, I, I mean, I didn't even really know what the OHL was until a couple months before the OHL draft team started um, calling and, and showing interest. And um, my whole childhood, really, I wanted to play um, college hockey and that was basically the plan. And, and just kind of took a turn in the last couple months right before that draft and uh, started visiting a few OHL teams and living in Birmingham, Michigan at the time. Um, thought it'd be ideal if I was able to be close to home and cut for the couple teams in Michigan, obviously, uh, Plymouth and, and Saginaw. So I went to visit both those teams and uh, the game that I visited Saginaw, they had, uh, it was, playoff game it was sold out one in double double overtime and it was just like the atmosphere yeah. for a 15 year old kid seemed so unreal so uh, I kind of made the decision that night that I wanted to, to play uh, in the O and I wanted to play for them I mean yeah I, I can only imagine like how loud and just the atmosphere of being there and be like holy shit like you're a pro before you're a pro when, when you're playing in that league and it, it's I can understand why you wouldn't want to turn that down but if you if you ended up going to college was there one college in mind that you had over the other ones uh yeah uh i wanted to play at boston college really okay. bad whenever i was younger all right all right a little chris Kreider grind and then all right so saginaw spirit you play there four years and i mean you you rip it up for you had 15 goals 26 29 uh 24 in your last year and i'm assuming you got traded to plymouth your last year because I, I have 2012 13 for both teams yeah i got traded at the deadline from uh saginaw to plymouth so you go to plymouth and i think you got to play with ryan hartman tom wilson and ricard raquel right yeah, Willie and Hartsey were my line mates. And then uh, good luck. Our second, our second line was Stefan Mason, Ricard Raquel, and Garrett Mears. We had a we had a really good team there. <laughs> Did you guys just beat everybody by like fifteen? Like that's insane. We ended up losing uh, to London in like our, our conference final, so it wasn't wasn't exactly what we expected out of the season, but yeah, we had a very good team. I mean that's I how oh, that London team also had a very good team, though. Like, I mean, can't downplay them. They had um, Bo Horvat, Max Domi, Josh Anderson, a lot of good players in that team, too. Wow, watching Josh Anderson and Tom Wilson go at it in junior was probably a fucking blast. <laughs> that, that I'm sure there was a little heated rivalry there. But So you ended up uh, – you get drafted by the Florida Panthers. Uh, walk us through that. Like, what was it like on draft? Like, when you got drafted, like, I can't even imagine the feeling you must have had, like, knowing that NHL team wants you. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously surreal and an awesome experience. Uh, I went to the draft. My draft was in Minnesota. Uh, didn't really have any expect expectations. Didn't think I was going first round or anything. It was just kind of I wanted to be there for the experience. And um, I talked to multiple teams before the draft, and, and Florida was one of the teams that showed the most interest. And I kind of had an idea going into the second day that they were going to take me. And when they did, I was – I mean, just ecstatic. I, I mean, I, I can only imagine. And you, you spent a fair share of your career there, and you got to play with some, like, absolute beauties, too. Ed Jovanovsky, that's just a name that – I mean, that guy, he was I – I feel like he was in the league for forever. Willie Mitchell, another really good defenseman. You got to play with Yarmir Yager. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, what was it like playing with those guys, especially as a young kid? Like, when, when you first made the Panthers and you're, and you're really settling in, was there a veteran on the team that kind of took you under his wing? Um. Thinking back, my first year, uh, Jobo was, was our captain, and uh, he was 
extremely unreal guy, uh, locker room guy, just a, a guy's guy. Awesome, awesome to be around. Um, basically showed me what it was like to be a pro. And uh, throughout the next couple of years, I mean, our team went from, I mean, we were in last place. When I first got called up to NHL, I think we were out of the playoffs by like 15 games. So uh, we ended up going really young, <clears throat> had a really young team. It was kind of um, Jonathan Huberto was what started it. And and from there it was, it was me and then Barkov and, uh, we kind of just became the core there. and But, yeah, I was lucky enough to play with a lot of great players, a lot of great veterans, UC Openin, Willie Mitchell, uh, like you said, Jovanovski. Um, it was Kopetsky was on the team that first year, Sean Bergenheim, uh, obviously Luongo, and that, that he kind of – he depicts a professional hockey player to a tease. Um, phenomenal veteran to have on your team for young guys, and – uh, there's a reason that he was given the C in, in Vancouver. He's a phenomenal leader. I mean, and as especially as a kid coming up, like really not knowing what to expect, I'm sure that was just huge for you, having like these guys that have been there, they've done that, and they've done it with class. Like that was probably huge for you. And I actually – I overstepped this because I thought that you ended up going to the World Junior Championships that year, but I think it was the year before you won gold. Yeah, I went uh, 2011. So it was the year – year or two before I ended up going pro uh one gold with team usa and ufa russia i mean yeah and you guys had players seth jones jacob truba jt miller gaudreau gotcha spear galchenyuk holy shit hartman grimaldi trochak vc and then gibson and that and you guys end up beating sweden in the gold medal game but to get to the gold medal game you guys had to play canada and you spanked them five to one and that wasn't a team that I mean, they, they were just as stacked, if not more stacked. So what was, what was the World Junior Championships like for you? I mean, just putting on the USA sweater had been an unreal experience. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, uh, we actually lost to Canada in the prelim rounds. I think it was like 4-2. Um, they had a, yeah, they had a very good team. But going over there, being on Team USA, um, we didn't really – I don't think going into it, because the year before the – the year before we were there, Team USA got spanked, like nearly got relegated. So we didn't have a lot of high expectations going into that year. And I think everybody gave Team Canada all the praise and expected them to win. So um, we were just kind of having fun with it. And we ended up showing ourselves that, that we were pretty good in the first few games. And then uh, we stuck with Canada a little bit in that first game in the prelims. And we, we kind of realized that we had a chance. So um we just rolled with it and ended up having uh having our way with a few teams and, and beating sweden in the finals and just had a ton of fun with it yeah and i mean uh, team canada nugent hopkins shifley dougie hamilton <clears throat> Bruin, huberto strom morgan riley jesus man this team had a ton of nathan mckinnon and bennington and that i mean that that was probably unbelievable and then you went and you played sweden uh, ricard raquel was on uh team sweden ryan hartman was on team usa did you guys play together there too Okay, so, I mean, that was probably an easy uh, – you don't really have to try to go out there and get chemistry or whatever. You already kind of had it, and then you get to play against Ricard Raquel. What was it like winning gold? That was probably – was that your top hockey moment so far or up there? It's up there for sure. Um, me and Hartie didn't play on the same line there. He – he, uh, I played with who, – who did I play with? Team USA. Um, I don't even remember, honestly. 
Isn't it weird how I time like flies third, and your memory just goes? <laughs> yeah. I played third line center. Um, I don't remember, but third line center, and I PK'd with Hartsey a little bit. But, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, the final game against Sweden playing against Ricky, <clears throat> um, we just played really well defensively, and we had – our special teams in that tournament were ridiculous. Our, our power play was unreal. Our PK was, I don't know if we even let up a goal on the PK in the entire tournament. It was phenomenal. So uh, that's kind of what it came down to in that final game. And we were able to sneak it out. And I, I is one of the coolest moments of your life, like standing on the blue line and watching the flag go up. Like, Cause every time that happens, I just get chills and I'm not even there. Yeah, absolutely. One of, one of the top hockey moments I've had in my career. I mean, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it, and I'm not even, like, watching it. So uh, so you win gold, and then now we're in Florida. Uh, again, we've talked about some of the names. Do you have any you have any cool Yager stories you could tell us? And you even got to play a little bit with Scott Gomez, and if you follow that guy on any sort of social media, he, he is, seems like one of the coolest people on earth. So uh, what yeah, was it like playing I, with the Ogs, and what was it like playing with Gomez? Uh, I played with Gomer for, I think it was, like, 20 games, but he was hilarious, and um, he still had it, too. and He, he loved to wind it up. Um, Yogs was awesome. I mean, I mean, it's Yarmir Yager. I grew up in Pittsburgh watching him to be able to go into Florida and, and he get traded there and play on the same team as him. It was pretty unbelievable. Um, and all the stories and like, they're all true of him staying at the gym till 1 a.m. Just working on his game. I mean, even at 45 years old, he was still doing that stuff. He lived right across the street from the rink just so that he can get over if he ever wanted to get back. Uh, his work ethic was second to none. So it was very fun to watch him. And, and he was just, I mean, he's a big kid, really. He's he still acts like he's 15 to 20 years old, jokes around with the guys. And he's, he was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I bet just picking his brain was probably really helpful. I, I the, the legs on that guy are just insane. And the puck protections like second to none when he was with the Rangers. Cause I'm like a diehard Rangers fan. It was like, he got the puck and it was good luck taking it from him. And he was, he's always been like that. Yeah, his stick is like 15 feet long, and then <laughs> his ass is huge. His forearms are as strong as anybody's. I mean, he was just a specimen. Still is. So you you spent six years in Florida, uh, and I mean, 25 goals, 23 goals, 31 goals. Rip it! You ripped it up for Florida, and it seemed like you had a good time in that. You were, I, in my opinion, I thought you were a huge piece of the Panthers. I remember. And again, I'm a hopeful Rangers fan. So whenever there was any sort of center talk, I, you were one of the first names I'd bring up. I'd be like, well, hopefully Vinny Trocek's on the thing. You can wheel it. He's a centerman. You can figure it out. But you end up getting traded to Carolina this year uh, for Eric Halla. And I forget who else was involved in that trade. Did that come out of nowhere for you? Like, were you kind of just absolutely shook when that happened? Or did you kind of expect that to happen? A um, little bit of both. I mean, I never really expected to get traded out of Florida. Um I was, I mean, I, I felt like I was a core piece to that, to that Absolutely. team. Me and, uh, me and Huberto had been there together for seven years, like you said. And, um, we were the only two guys that had been there that long. Uh, Barkov, I think was five or six. So, uh, it was at the point where I kind of felt like I was going to spend my whole career there. And, um, Quenville came in, uh, changed a few things. I got hurt, uh, earlier in the season. I came back and it just didn't really, fit in, in his plans as much as I that I had wanted to and, and I had in the past and it was just kind of there were talks about it at the deadline that I might get traded and I just didn't really believe them and then then it happened and it was obviously surprising but I was telling myself 
really couldn't be surprised if, if you had kind of felt this way for a while. So uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. And, and then you go to Carolina and I feel like obviously with COVID like this year is way different. I think the trade deadline, the players at least get, I mean, almost 20 games to really kind of figure out and gel within a team. You really, you only got to play seven games with Carolina before the COVID thing happened and everything got shut down. You guys end up getting into the playoffs or you were in the playoffs, but I guess my question for you is like, was that like a really hard adjustment? Like only playing seven games with a group of guys and then having to go months without seeing them and then get back to the rink and like be ready to play in the playoffs. That had to have been tough. You know what? Honestly, I think, I think it was easier. I think it yeah. made it easier on me. Yeah. I think just because I had, it's tough getting traded to a team halfway through the year, but um, being able to, so those first seven games were tough. Uh, obviously a new system. It's everything's completely different. Right. Um, but after I was able to take that time off, I was able to study like what we do and uh, our systems and everything, get to know the guys a little bit better, the guys that stuck around in, in Raleigh. So uh, I think it made it easier on me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking about that. Cause again, like normally you get like 20 something games and then you're in playoffs, but it seemed like short stint. And then you had the break actually before you get into the playoffs. Now you're with Carolina. I've, I've always wondered this. I'm not the biggest storm surge guy, but I think if I lived in Carolina, I was a hurricanes fan. Like I'd be behind it. You look at baseball, people hit home runs, they get to home plate. They always have like their automatic, like go-to handshakes, like football, there's an interception, the defense huddle around the camera. I think when, when you play hockey and you score a goal, I don't really think you have that in your mind where you're like, I'm going to do this. When do you guys decide when the storm surge is happening? Do you guys decide that before the game or like right after the game, somebody picks and like, who picks that? I never got to be a part of a storm surge. Actually, okay. I was on the road pretty much the whole time. Uh, I played two games at home and we lost both, but. Yeah, I was on the road. The that whole one's time. on me, man. I was. I always wondered who comes up with that because it's, it's something different every time. And I didn't know if there was like a list in the locker room or something where it's like, oh yeah, if we win this game, we're doing this. I'd... There's like a little bit of a chat before the game, and and guys come up with different ideas. But uh, it's pretty. I mean, very relaxed. Not nothing like nobody's going <laughs> out not, of their way to make something. It's something not meticulous. Crazy. There's no props or like costumes you got to put on. Yeah, I get that. No. So, so you uh you go right to the playoffs and again I'm a huge Rangers fan you guys smoked us like it was it was kind of crazy and I think the thing I think the thing that set the tone pretty much for the entire playoffs I don't know if it was the first shift but Jesper Fast absolutely got blown up by Brady Shea and I, you guys went months without playing in a game when that happened was it were you guys just all on the bench like settled in like okay we're playing like was it hard to get amped up especially not having fans in the bubble um a little bit, but at the same time, not really. I mean, it's playoff hockey at the end of the day. You, you get out there, when you get on the ice, it's kind of – you just get into that rhythm. But that definitely – that hit definitely set the tone for the entire playoffs, I think, for us at least. Oh, yeah. Uh, and especially for that series, that was kind of like – I feel like right after that happened, we just kind of took over. Yeah, yeah, you're telling me, man. I, my buddy, uh, we were on a bachelor party in Martha's Vineyard. We were sitting at the bar. I'm like, like here we go, Rangers. Because they started Hank the first two games, and, like, his record against the Hurricanes has been, like – I don't know if any goalies had a better record. And I'm like, I'm feeling really confident. And then Brady Shea just blows up fast. Like maybe two minutes in, I might get to over. <laughs> like this, this is awful. But uh, you yeah, guys, that... guys move by the Rangers pretty quickly. Uh, that Sebastian Ajo goal where he walked Tony D'Angelo gives me nightmares still. But uh, and then you guys go on. What were you guys feeling headed into the next series? Were you guys feeling confident? Like it seems like Carolina has a really young group of guys that are really, really gelled together. Yeah, we were feeling pretty good about ourselves. Um, we we knew we had a good team. I mean, we have a good team still. It hasn't really changed much. Um, 
but obviously Boston's a really good team. And, and when you're, you come to a new team and, and they've obviously had the same team for a while in the past and they've gone through the playoffs together and uh, they had history with Boston over the last couple of years. So you hear them talking about that in the locker room. And I heard about Lundquist's great record against the Canes prior to that series, which I'd never obviously gone through. So, so it was just different to see uh, their point of view as opposed to whenever I was in Florida playing these guys. Um, but Boston's a great team. You can't really – I mean, there's nothing you can say about it. They've been great for a long time. Um, but we played a good series. I, I thought we, we outplayed them um, more than more than 50% of the time. It was just some bounces went their way that didn't go ours, and uh, that's playoff hockey. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing that you never really know uh, because whoever gets bounced at the end of the day is going to end up bringing that home. What was life in the bubble? Was it – because you have some people saying it was awesome. You have other people saying it was horror stories. Like, how did you handle life in the bubble? It was fine. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. It was just basically like a long road trip. Um, we had like a lounge that we could all hang out at uh, at the hotel, and that's pretty much where we all spent most of our time and uh, hung out, had some beers, played some video games or uh, played cards, watched sports. I mean, that was the nice thing. There was sports on 24-7 whenever you were there. What uh, what what video games were you playing? Are you a Call of Duty guy? I actually don't. I don't play video games very much, but um, – I think some guys brought Call of Duty. Love that. Love that. Because every once in a while, I, I think I see Mitch Marner playing on, like, Twitch all the time. So, uh, was it was it weird yeah. seeing the other teams in the hallway, like, running into different people? <clears throat> yes. It was a little awkward. Especially since uh, that first series against New York, they were right below us. And on oh. their – we were on the, whatever, ninth floor. They were on the on the eighth floor, tenth and ninth. But so every time we'd get in the elevator, we'd go down one floor and they'd be just standing there. Doors would open, we'd awkward wave and then keep going. Yeah. I just, and the, I don't know. I feel like that was like a pretty physical series, at least from the Rangers standpoint. I haven't seen them play that physical the entire year. So I can only imagine how, how awkward that must have been. But uh, your coach, Rod Bridmore, absolute legend, workout machine. What's he like? Are you, I mean, does, is he having guys up at like five o'clock in the morning just to pound weights or what? <laughs> no <laughs> he's I mean he's awesome he's a phenomenal guy awesome coach I love playing for him he, he's one of those guys that you just want to go through a brick wall for he comes in every game and has phenomenal pregame speech and makes you just amped up to play so he's been great for me so far I think he's an awesome coach um, he's a really good guy he really wants truly wants the best for everybody on his team so uh, it's been a pleasure to play with him so far since, since you got to Carolina, was there somebody on your team on on the Hurricanes that you had already – I mean, I'm sure you know a majority of the guys that were on the team before, but were you, like, boys with anybody before you ended up getting there? Uh, not really, no. I mean, um, I'd played with with Jake Gardner at um, World Championships prior, same with Brady Shea. Um, obviously, I played against Dougie Hamilton a bunch in, in the O, and we, we had talked a little bit uh, over the years just playing against each other, but – uh, other than that, I mean, I'm sure they all hated me prior to getting here. I don't exactly play a very nice game. So, uh, yeah, so it's interesting getting traded, especially whenever you're a little bit of a rat like myself. Was there uh, was there a player on the Canes that, like, you knew was pretty good, but then you got on the team and got to practice with him, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's sick? Uh, yeah. Uh, Tara Vinan's just freaky what he can do with a puck. Shifty little guy. Oh yeah. Well, he's not very. He's not exactly little. He's he's a thick boy, but 
He's very shifty. His hands are incredible. So uh, he was fun to watch. My first practice, he was throwing like seven foot high sauce passes. It was just <laughs> like it was nothing. It was pretty awesome. Just like fucking around. Here you go. Whatever. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. So, I mean, best of luck to you guys next year for sure. Uh, before we end up wrapping this whole thing up, I just have a couple questions. And these are questions I don't know that I think of like whenever I meet a hockey guy, it kind of normalizes them and like makes humanizes them for me, I guess. So, uh, first question What's your go to drink at the bar? Uh, oh, God. I mean, that's a tough question. It depends on the night, I guess. <laughs> I'd you like good? to go probably scotch. I'd, I'd say scotch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, go to karaoke song. Uh, Bump and Grind by R. Kelly. Oh, I love that. Uh, if you, this one might take a little while, but if you could start your own music festival, you get five artists or bands dead or alive. Who would you want to play in your festival? Um, Jay Z, okay. Eminem, love Eminem. Um, OAR. Oh wow! I didn't see that one coming. Billy Joel. Yep, got a banner in Madison Square Garden. Legend. Uh, I'm really big on Morgan Whalen right now. I, I know it's, it's I mean, gonna he's go going to be the face of country music for years. That guy is living the absolute dream right now. <laughs> like, yeah, he's phenomenal. All right. I, I would, I would definitely attend that concert. You have a little bit of everything there. I can respect that. Uh, what's your go-to emoji? Uh, let me look. Number one is the American flag. I love that. Of course it is. That's that's all. That's all, that's all I needed to know. Uh, what's uh? What's your favorite rank to play in, in the NHL? Vegas. Okay. Yeah. No. No question. It's just a madhouse when there's fans, obviously. Yeah. All right. And then last question: What would you be if you weren't a hockey player? I had this conversation with with my uh, in-laws the other day. I, whenever I was in high school, I wanted to go into architectural design. Okay. Very random, but yeah. Very random. I thought you were going to be like a cop or a firefighter. I, was, I wasn't expecting you to build buildings, but here we are. All right, man. Well, that, that's Vinny Trocek. Uh, Real American is number one emoji is an American flag. Just remember that. Uh, and I mean, thanks for coming on the podcast and taking time. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Good luck next year. And dude, just say, stay safe out there and uh, keep playing your game and, you know, Keep supporting the red, white, and blue. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Destiny, you buried me.